Hey everybody, this is Patrick Cacciatore with No Struggle, No Story. Here on No Struggle, No Story, we put a huge emphasis on talking with the most successful athletes in the world about a struggle or adversity that they face in their life and what they were able to do to turn this experience from a negative into what end up a positive. So today I'm super excited to be bringing on a three-time All-American NCAA finalist, uh, career high number 66 doubles player in the world, and a good friend of mine, uh, Jackson Withrow. So thanks for coming on today, my man. No, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, me and Jackson spoke a little bit prior to, you know, this podcast, and he is going to go a little bit through some experiences he had during his college career at A&M. And then, um, you know, once he graduated from there, he joined the Pro Tour, and he's been traveling for a couple years now. And so going to kind of talk about some adversities he faced throughout there. And so, uh, yeah, Jackson, it's all you, my man. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of a stereotypical, uh, <laughs> I guess, athletic career, you know, started super young and um, ended up playing all the way through juniors and uh, had the opportunity to play at Texas A&M. And, um, you know, college was a different experience for me. I ended up uh, going through some moments of, of questioning, you know, my identity of who I was and who I was trying to be. And, um, you know, at the same time, uh, had some had some injuries along the way, which, which uh, you know, made it extremely difficult to, to really kind of process how I was wanting to move forward. And um, end of my junior year, I ended up uh, getting diagnosed with this uh, Kinebox injury, which is a, a bone degeneration. And, uh, you know, blood wasn't seeking flow to the, to the right places. And, um, yeah, I ended up having to get a surgery done. And, through that entire process, um, you know, there was back and forth with the medical staff trying to figure out the best solution. And um, it took some time to finally find a doctor who was willing to operate and ended up getting the procedure done, um, had a uh, had a plate and 12 screws put in, and then um, was out for about five months, no tennis, no physical activity, trying to, uh, you know, stay sane and, and keep myself busy, but at the same time, um, you know, looking, looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. But um, uh, midway through that, ended up having some issues. There was a, a screw that was misplaced, ended up um, having to get a second surgery done to kind of fix that. So that altered the, the recovery time and, um, you know, put another couple of months onto it. And then um, after, the, after the second surgery, we ended up getting into rehab. And uh, I was doing some just basic exercises and starting to feel some sharp pain and then heard just an instant pop and um, found out, went and looked at it and it ended up, uh, I tore my TFCC ligament on the opposite side of my wrist, which, um, you know, not going into too much medical terms, but uh, the surgery they had done originally was supposed to be the opposite of what was supposed to happen for this one that, that was supposed to lead up to. So. Um, going back with the medical staff, they were talking to me about, you know, percentages and like what that looks like, because it was a very risky surgery for what the longevity of my life would look like. And um, in terms of overall function in my hand and, um, you know, they said tennis could not uh, could potentially not be an option. Um, and it may be best to just maybe try and rehab it as much as possible and play on an injured hand and then just kind of get myself through my last season. And at this point I was already asking for a six year medical red shirt from the NCAA and kind of working through that process. Um, and uh, yeah, it was tough. I mean, it was kind of a big decision and obviously my dad and, and my mom were kind of for me trying to 
kind of get through the season and then worry about the recovery afterwards. But, um, you know, they said if you keep playing on it and keep injuring it, it could, could cause some serious issues regardless. So um, I ended up making the decision to have the third surgery done, just kind of under the risk, thinking that like I was going to be done playing tennis and um, my athletic career was going to be over. So um, that was another six to eight month process, um, trying to go through the recovery on that. Things were kind of a little touch and go at times. I didn't really feel like I was getting the recovery um, and as quickly as possible. And um, there had been so much scar tissue buildup anyway. Um, so eventually we're starting to get a little closer to the time I can start doing rehab again. And we ended up having a force surgery to go in and do some cleaning and trying to dig out some of the scar tissue that was, uh, you know, really starting to build up in areas that limited my mobility. And, um, you know, eventually it all worked out. And, uh, you know, 22 months later, I was back on the courts, um, starting to do some things that I, I really wasn't expecting to do. And, um, yeah, it was just a, it was a really, really tough process going through that and kind of seeing the down days. And in the meantime, I was working in the athletic department, trying to stay somewhat connected to the team and um, was just really kind of a, a low and a high for me because I got to do a lot of things that I wasn't expecting to do and, and uh, kind of sparked an interest for me. Um, but sure. at the same time, there was a lot of low moments thinking that I wasn't going to be able to play tennis again and thinking that I was kind of going to have to, uh, bow out to this injury and not be able to end on my terms so 100 percent. i mean when you're going through that process and it feels like you know like you're getting back there and then you're hit down again and you know you're kind of going without you know what many like athletes deal with where like this has been their life for so long what did you learn from not having tennis for so long um that there are more important things outside of sports, you know, and, and I think that's a huge thing. And it's something that I'm still recognizing now being on tour, um, you know, with, with COVID going on and kind of allowing yourself to take a step back from the, from the sports world and that you kind of get sucked into. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of time at home, you know, we're, I'm back in Nebraska now and we've been able to talk, you know, personally about a lot of stuff and, um, it's been a, it's been a crazy adjustment, a weird adjustment for me to kind of slow down and, and take a breath for a minute. Um, but at the same time, it's, you try and find the positive out of it and understand that all this stuff is happening for a reason and, and really just, you know, makes you stronger as a person. Yeah, for sure. And when you're going through that, um, obviously, uh, do you feel like that experience actually ended up helping I mean, maybe create you into a better person and player along the way as well. Like once you got back into things, I think a better player for sure. Um, you know, I think it's taken me a little bit, you know, life-wise to kind of, to kind of maybe meet those two head on. Um, you know, I've been like, we've talked about, you know, I've been so identity driven from a tennis aspect that um, tennis has been my life and it's been my, you know, kind of dream to, to be in the position that I am now. And um, I look at the moments when I was playing and it, it just made me hungrier to come back. And, you know, now, when I look at tennis, I'm being able to look at it like, man, I'm playing with extra time and I'm not really playing with, you know, uh, an expired time limit and things like that. I'm able to go out and do the things that I'm wanting to do and kind of handle it how I'm wanting to. And um, like I said, at the end of the day, I'm able to end on my own terms, which I'm, which I'm super stoked for. No, I think that's an awesome point because I think, during this whole Corona experience, you know, it sounds like you maybe had this kind of revelation before COVID where 
is like just a sense of gratefulness uh, to be able to do what you do, you know? And I think that a lot of people have, I know I personally have learned that a ton from this experience and realizing that, you know, just being able to do what we do like on a daily basis is kind of a blessing in itself. And I think that's a really cool thing for people to learn early on in, in their career, obviously not early on, but during your college career before you went onto the pro tour. And so how much does that help you help like loosen you up, you know, when you're going out there and I mean, it's a tough life uh, out on the tour. I mean, what are you doing? Um, you know, how are you feeling? I mean, does it make, not loss is easier, but make you just realize that, you know, like there's going to be another day and, you know, you're just grateful for what you have out there. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, with COVID going on, I think it's even more, even more proving a point to myself now that um, it's more about building relationships and, um, you know, with the things that I'm able to do with the people I'm able to come in contact with and the places I'm able to travel, it makes it truly, truly special to have some of the experiences that I have. And, um, and like I said, to meet some of the people that I have and, um, to also hear their stories, to hear their experiences and things like that. So, um, it's definitely tried, uh, or it's definitely made me, I guess, value relationships a lot more, um, and to be able to find the people that truly care for you and truly like want what's best for you and vice versa. And, um, you know, I think during this entire process, I think it's really, uh, you know, sparked, uh, a new way and I think less of a pressure as you're talking about, you know, I think it's a, a way of going in that there are the bigger things outside of tennis and or outside of your sport, whatever it is um, that, you know, that you're still trying to be the best you can be as a person every day. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, if you have the right intent and the right focus and the right attitude, then, you know, the, the results eventually will come. And that's the, the tough part with tennis, with tennis being so result driven and being on you that, um, you know, you get so wrapped up on, on, on what the end result is rather than like the intent. And, um, you know, I think sometimes it's better to look at, you're not always going to have the best day, but if, as long as you're doing the right things and trying to execute to the best of your you know, potential that day, then, um, you know, you go, you go, uh, you go down swinging a happy man. Uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah. That's something that I've definitely learned. Like, throughout this whole process is that, you know, I really found kind of a way to judge myself, I think, as a person, because like you talked about, we all are always judging ourselves. Are we winning or losing? You know, like that's kind of how we were facing how our life was going, you know, I, for a while. I mean, I would let kind of my tennis results dictate my mood, you know, day in and day out. Like, how are you? Great day. Like, got a good win. Like, man, I'm in a great mood or you know, rough loss, uh, feels like life's caving in on you sometimes, you know, yeah, and you so, compare it and you compare it to other people's expectations, which is tough. And, exactly. you know, you get, you get wrapped up into the world of, well, what is this person thinking if I do lose or what if this person thinking that I'm winning and you, you really don't start playing for yourself and you're playing for others validation. And, um, that goes into a life format as well that I've, you know, I've come to learn and, um, it's a tough pill to swallow. Cause I think, you know, as you said, like you have to kind of self reflect, but you have to be honest as well. You know, you can't really sugarcoat it to yourself because that's not the way you're going to develop. And it's a, it's a hard thing, man, to confront yourself and be honest and to kind of look yourself in the mirror and being like, you know, is, is this the way you want to be able to go into life? Exactly. And I think, you know, what you're talking about, you know, that really hard process of looking at yourself, I think, like you talked about when you are doing the right things, like that process becomes a whole lot easier, you know? And so like, I think mm -hmm. it's very easy to be kind of blindsided by what's important in your life. Uh, like we're talking about a little bit here, you know, where 
you know, if you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you came out there and you feel like you just emptied the tank and that, you know, you gave it everything you had and, you know, you were the best person you could be, I think, you know, that process becomes a whole lot easier because we're not looking at ourselves as, oh, you know, like I'm a hundred ranking spots lower than I was at one point. I'm, I'm less exactly. of a person. And I think, yeah. you know, did that, do you feel like that experience where you were out without tennis for 22 months and, really learning about relationship building, like helped give you that perspective? I think so. Um, you know, socially, socially, it was great for me. Um, you know, I was at the end of uh, my college career. So like I said, I wasn't really expecting too much from tennis and, um, I was kind of able to live a normal college life and, um, you know, being able to then recognize, certain aspects that I had missed out on potentially with tennis and then also realizing what tennis had given me, um, you know, without tennis, I probably would have never have gone to a and I would have probably stayed closer to home and kind of been around the same group and, and not really been able to experience and meet the people that I did. And, um, so it's weird, you know, it's a, it's a give or take and then kind of an opportunity cost type thing, um, which is cool to reflect on, but at the same time in that moment, you're not thinking about it. And then once you do have these moments of, thinking about how things could have differed if taken a different step. Um, it's kind of a cool, cool place you can go to um, as long as you don't spiral too much into specific details. But um, yeah, it was great for me. I mean, I thought it, it did create a new outlook for tennis for sure um, because it just gave me more clarity of, of now like, Hey, you've always put all this pressure on yourself. You've always tried conforming to like how others want you to play and, now that I'm on tour and it was right at the end of my college career and I'm finally able to take my career on how I want to and to really progress myself in a way that I thought I thought was best. And um, so far it's worked out. Uh, yeah. Hopefully it continues with the, you know, the next few years as, as long as I keep playing and um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Absolutely. Uh, and I can guess just like last question a little bit about that time with injuries before we kind of move on to, you know, your life on the tour and stuff like that. Uh, you know, you're still talked about, you're kind of going through a normal college life and, you know, you're enjoying yourself that way, like during these injuries. Um, but you know, in tennis is, I would, I would imagine, you know, kind of not a sore spot, but a tough spot to think about at that time, you know, cause you're obviously some resentment. I want, you want to be playing, you want to be competing with your teammates and things like that. How did you, how were you able to keep your motivation and what were you using to kind of just keep your eye on, you know, your career as well when it was almost like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to, to do that anymore. Yeah. And, and honestly, I hadn't been asked that question um, because typically a lot of the time and worded differently, um, I kind of answered with the motivation was just wanting to end on my terms and hoping that the NCAA would grant me this waiver. But you know, the more I looked into it and kind of viewed tennis, I mean, it was jealousy. I mean, I'm looking at all my teammates and looking at all my guys and thinking that like, these guys are passing me, <laughs> you know, these, okay. these guys are having these opportunities that I'm wanting to end on. And I get to see, you know, my group that I was going to graduate with. And I was like, man, they got to enjoy a senior day. And like, that's something I would always value. And, um, you know, wanted to celebrate with my, with my team. And um, now that I'm seeing some guys, keep improving, keep improving. I'm like, man, am I ever going to be able to make this team regardless of me being healthy or not? Sure. And um, so, you know, it's, I'm not saying jealousy was a motivation, but it was definitely a factor. And that's something I've probably never admitted to them. Um, but, 
it's, it's a hard thing. You know, like you said, there's that resentment towards tennis and thinking that uh, things are always going against you and that um, something bad's always going to happen. And, and I felt like I had to change my mindset, change to this part where like, you got to see a positive outlook. If tennis doesn't happen, it happened for a reason to give you a new avenue of where you wanted to go in life. And if tennis did work out, then there's an opportunity to be able to now take advantage of this extra time that you have and really create something special. And, um, you know, fortunately enough, I've, I was able to have a great last year and, and then right after school, tried getting a job because I thought tennis was, was done and I was happy with the way it ended. And, um, you know, no, no one was calling back on the job forefront and, uh, ended up, uh, starting to play a little bit more and kind of made it a career. And, and now we're four or four and a half years in and and it's uh it's been the right decision so it's kind of amazing how these opportunities arise in your life that kind of can change everything sure no i think that's a pretty amazing story because it's incredible where you know at some points in your life where you think you're going to be in a couple of years and you're talking about going on the job front and you know probably never would have you know imagined you know being where you are now you know u.s open quarter finalist last year i mean pretty much living what you know a lot of us dream you know as a kid which is awesome but obviously like the pro tour probably wasn't smooth sailing you weren't making u.s open quarterfinals you know the past four four and a half years so nah, no mean, definitely not yeah for sure for sure i mean i don't think not many do so um when you kind of started this path uh what you know, you talked a little bit about some struggles and kind of just learning this new lifestyle, you know, similar to how you had to learn a new lifestyle when you had with, when you were without tennis, um, for the time at A&M, you had to learn another new lifestyle, kind of traveling on your own in the pro tour. So kind of what was that like? Um, different, you know, I, I, you look at how, I guess our junior development all happens. You go to school, you go to practice, you play tournaments, you do all this stuff. So now, you don't have school. You don't necessarily have to practice. You get to practice whenever you want to, and you don't have responsibilities from a job world from an eight to five, eight to six, whatever it is. So now you're trying to judge and to manage all of this free time that you were trained to do in college of where you're trying to manage as little time as possible because you have these little windows of freedom that you can take a breath. And so now it's the complete opposite. You have loads of time. And I think I've taken that for granted for sure. Um, there's a lot of things I wish um, I could have started doing while I was on tour than I realize now, um, you know, which I'm able to kind of, the ATP has done a great job of providing some Coursera online classes, which I've, you know, taken some steps in being involved with those just to kind of pass the time, but also to just spark an interest of maybe something I want to do. Um, so, but the lifestyle is different, man. And you really got to, for tennis and, and people who don't really know it, it's just a different world. Like you're, you're living this world, traveling around the world that you're in a bubble with people constantly and it doesn't seem real, you know, all this outside stuff of, um, you know, responsibilities of, of going home and a job and, and, you know, all these other things, it just seems like it's not a, a real world when you're in this tennis bubble of traveling 40 weeks a year and you don't really have a home. Um, so yeah, it's tough and, um, you get to kind of have the fun of experiencing a lot of different places and different cultures, but at the same time, you're, you're really trying to mature on your own. You're not having experiences from other people, um, in a working world that can relate with what you're doing. And so, you know, I go around friends and stuff and 
it's it's always about tennis and I love talking about it and I love you know having them be interested in it but at the same time you don't really get to have those same conversations with your friends about like their job and things like that because you can't relate and um it, it is tough to kind of manage that um and I do miss that part of it but um it also makes it you know what what we're doing special yeah no I think that's awesome people don't really understand you know you know, the life of a professional athlete is very different from one of a normal nine to five job, you know, I mean, it's really, you're self-employed in a way, I mean, by just kind of going out there and. Yeah, you're your, your own boss. And I mean, like I said, I was, I looked last year, I was, I was gone 41 weeks of the schedule and having 11 weeks off and, and those aren't off weeks. And um, you're either training somewhere, you're looking to pass the time before going to the next location. And it uh, definitely takes a toll on the body. For sure. I mean, so when you're going out there and you talked about, you know, it took you four and a half years to get to this point, obviously, you know, you probably took, when you got on the tour, I mean, you're taking losses, you know, virtually most weeks, obviously it's not, you're not taking, you know, you're not winning every match you play. And so I've heard a lot of, you know, pro athletes talk about having, learning how to, learning how to lose, I guess, that much and stuff. And what has your experience been with that? And do you feel like, you know, you talked about you learned how to judge yourself based on the person you are and things like that. Is that something that you've kind of taken to heart as you've gone through this process? Definitely. I think tennis is definitely has created this honest conversation with me from an athletic standpoint. Um, I've definitely created this world of, of almost probably being too hard on myself at times and not really allowing myself to value the things that I was doing well. And, um, you know, then you do have the moments of weakness where it is the comparisons to other people and wishing that your career was in a certain place or seeing other people's results. And you're like, dang, like, I wish that was what I was able to have or something like that. But, um, yeah, it's, I think it's going back to kind of what I said earlier about making sure that you're having the right intent and not worrying so much about the execution and, as long as you keep practicing and you feel like you're doing the right things in practice and you're working as hard as you possibly can to, to reach your potential, there's at the end of the day, that's good for me. And I love the training aspect of it. Um, I'm loving being on the court and <clears throat> trying to, to get better. Um, cause I want to see it execute in the match. And then when it doesn't, it is frustrating, but at the same time, that intent there for me is, is perfectly okay. Cause if, as a tennis player, and you know, this, you're going to be in the right position and you're going to be able to, feel like you hit the right ball but it still may not go in for sure so what are some of those aspects of you know you're talking about intent as a as a person you are like what are some of those kind of things that you're judging yourself off of each day attitude and effort are my big things um you know i think with i i had a definite pessimistic side going through my surgeries and definitely had a, a pretty negative tone towards a lot of things and, and kind of played the why me card and um thought everything was always against me and, and never took a positive spinoff uh, of a lot of the stuff that was going on in my life. So um, it was weird. Um, you know, I talk about this with my buddy a lot, but I was with my buddy and his girlfriend and she had just kind of dared me to just be positive for a week. And um, so me being kind of a smart aleck in a sense, just went off and was overly, overly positive. Sure. And to a point where I was making this gesture of like, Hey, I'm doing this, but like nothing else is changing. Well, little did I know a lot of things had changed. Like I was, I felt happier. 
I yeah. felt like I was being a better person than my friends. I felt like I was going out of my way and wanting to help people. And um, so now I just, I've really tried taking a step back and, and not being super judgmental, not being maybe as hard on myself or hard on those others. And, um, and just at the end of the day, worrying about myself and, and trying to worry about the betterment of, of what I'm trying to become and who I'm trying to become. For sure. I think that's an incredible lesson for, everyone to be able to learn because I think it's super easy for everyone, especially right now with what's going on right now to get very pessimistic, right. And to, you know, very much, there's a lot of negative things to look at, but it also makes you realize, you know, all of the great things we have, you know, you talked about, you know, your relationship with your friends and, you know, all of those are still there right now. Um, you know, for at least for the most part. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I think, um, all of those things are just, the most simple parts of life that, you know, even in times like Corona and times like where whatever's taken away from you are ways that you can still kind of find success and confidence, like within yourself, it sounds like at least. Um, and that's how I've definitely been able to look at it throughout this whole process is that, yeah, it's, if you can really go out there and, you know, be positive and look at life the right way, I think things, the cards really start to fall in your lap, you know, at some point. For sure. And I think also realizing especially for me in these particular moments. And as of recent, you know, we've, we've had our talks about our personal lives and things like that and, and understanding that no one's going to be perfect. There's going to be moments of, of mistakes made and weaknesses, but it's trying to address those to the, the most honest way possible. And, um, and then also trying to figure out if you truly mean what you're trying to believe and um you know that's the struggle maybe i'm dealing with right now and um, i'm trying to work through a lot of stuff but uh you know at the same time at the end of the day I, I'm, I'm trying to move in a better direction and, and not sulk so much about the mistakes i made and um hopefully be better by it the next time it comes around no and i think what you're saying is the important part right is that you know maybe you feel like you didn't make the right decision here and there but no one does. I mean, no one is perfect. No one makes these right decisions over and over. You know, I mean, I go back in my life and yeah, I, a thousand times over, I wish I would have made this decision here, this decision there. But I think at the end of the day, there's a great quote about kind of, um, you know, the rougher side of the golf ball always travels farther. Uh, you know, like they used to have smooth golf balls and then they made them rougher and they actually put, you know, the indents in them and yeah. they travel much farther. And I think that, stands true to what we're trying to do here you know is that all the mistakes and all the injuries and stuff that you've been through uh at the end of the day are gonna help you travel farther in like life so yeah it's not like we're trying to say go roughing yourself up but <laughs> yeah please yeah please don't uh yeah please don't take it that way but at the end of the day you know when it feels like some things aren't going your way i think it's um you know important that you realize that it's for the best at the end of the day and every i, th I really believe everything happens for a reason and definitely definitely so i think that's awesome and i guess kind of to close off here um for the viewers you know business people you know just college kids athletes all alike what is the um biggest piece of advice you would give them um for an adversity or struggle that they're gonna face similar to yours i think i would just kind of go back to what i preach to myself is that you can really only control two things attitude and effort every day and if you feel like you're going into every day knowing that you're trying to be the best person you can be and, and whatever your mold is and whatever your, I guess, uh, 
characteristics of kind of accomplishing what you feel like is the best you can be, then um, kind of give yourself that checklist. And, you know, we've obviously talked about books that we've, we've read and, and listened to, and there's a lot of great things that we've, we've kind of come to learn from that. And I think it is kind of giving yourself a checklist of, of doing the right things by yourself and what makes you truly happy because it, it differs and people's expectations of, of what is good and what is bad can differ from the next. And, um, so it's at the end of the day, conforming yourself to what makes you happy and not allowing yourself to be so wrapped up into what others want and to what others think you should do. For sure. I agree. Building your own house, huh? Exactly, man. Chop wood, carry water. Anyone who's listening, give it, a, give it a read. It's a great one. Keep chopping. Um, but uh, Jackson, thank you so much for uh, jumping on with me today, man. I uh, really appreciate it. And I'm beyond excited for uh, everyone to be able to kind of hear our conversation and, you know, learn from what you've uh, gone through. So. No, man, definitely appreciate you having me and, uh, you know, look forward to catching you in person again. And uh, let's go. Go Big Red. Go Big Red, baby. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, man. All right, man. We'll see you.